0: This is The Social Geek Radio Network. And welcome to Social Geek Rockstars. I'm Jack Munson, your host in marketing call CBI. The Fractional C-suite. The franchise space is on fire right now with fractional executives. We'll find out why with Fractional CMO Catherine LeBlanc. Then a candid conversation with Shannon Wilbur on why she chose to work with fractional CTOs David Weaver and Guy Myers. All right, today's episode is brought to you by Service Minder, Answer Connect, Hughes, and the discussions start next after I grab another cup of Big B Coffee. Big Bigby Coffee started with a single store in Michigan in March of 1995. One year later, on a handshake, Bob Fish and Michael McFall decided to franchise the concept. Bigby is on a mission to become 100% Farm Direct, bringing a name, a face, and a place to every cup of coffee served through the One Big Island in Space initiative. Interested in owning your own Bigby Coffee? Begin building a life you love with Bigby Coffee by visiting BigbyFranchising.com. Joining me now is Catherine LeBlanc. She is a self-described, and we're going to talk about that, fractional CMO. Catherine, how are you?
1: Doing great, Jack. How are you?
0: I am terrific. I'm so excited about talking about this today. It seems like overnight, and and maybe it's been a couple of years, but it seems like overnight, the fractional world is taking over the full-time world, at least here in the world of franchising. So, Tell me what is going on with all of these fractional C-suite folks that we're seeing. Is this um, a really hot new thing, or am I just finally opening my eyes to it?
1: That's a great question. You know, I, I think that um, what I have seen is that the desire for brands to hire non-full-time executives is growing, and so you know you have a, a demand, and then now you have a supply starting up to fill that demand. And so it might be a little of both, right? It might be that the you're just starting to see it kind of explode because brands are now reaching out more and more for help um, on the executive level that, you know, they're not ready to pay full-time for.
0: And when you say fractional, you really do mean sort of that executive level. This is not a, a fractional assistant manager. This is a fractional C-suite we're talking about, Right.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, in plain terms, it's a part-time gig, um, with a brand that, you know, can only kind of afford you on a fractional basis. So you're getting part of my time and I'm sharing that time across multiple brands, um, which for me is very fulfilling because I really enjoy impacting, uh, brands and people as much as possible. So it helps me maximize what fulfills me. And then on the brand side, it allows them to get uh, a certain level of talent that really only comes from experience. Um, You know, you can go to, school and study everything that you can to become an expert. But until you get that kind of executive level experience, um, you go, You don't necessarily come to the table uh, with, a, you know, it, that pie fully baked. And so um, with that, you're able to give the brand something that they can't necessarily hire on or need to hire on full time.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to talk about what's in it for the brand a little bit more in just a moment. But let's stay on that thread of what's in it for the practitioner? What's in it for the the fractional CMO to do this instead of say, oh, I'm just going to take a job with XYZ Corporation or ABC franchising or something like that. What, um, what really sort of prompts you to want to do fractional work instead of taking on a full-time gig?
1: Well, for me, it was uh, the ability to impact more people. So, if I can work with you know three to five brands, I can interact with more leaders, more mid-middle managers, and then more franchisees to really impact and move move their business forward, which is to me very fulfilling. Um, the other reason why you might go into fractional CMO work is because you really enjoy a certain segment of marketing. You know, marketing is a really broad term for a lot of different things. And so if you are um, a, more of a strategist, more of a brand developer, you may be able to tackle those that specific niche as a fractional, mm. whereas a, as a full-time CMO, you're wearing all of the marketing hats. And so those are some of the reasons why as a practitioner, you might explore fractional. Um, and, and again, you know, as I said earlier, the demand is there right now. Um, Whereas I don't know if we saw a demand for fractional work um, previously. And so I think that, that new practitioners are finding um, that the demand is there and therefore you're, you're, you know, able to fill that, that job pipeline a little bit quicker than if you're trying to jump from full-time to full-time.
0: And I like what you said about wanting to impact more brands. I would also guess, and this is something that I've just always liked about agency life, that, um, I, I tend to get bored with one thing if I'm doing it all day, right? So mm-hmm. a little bit in the morning, I'm working with a pizza concept and a little bit in the midday, I'm working with uh, a home services brand. And then later in the day, I'm working with a whole different franchise. Do you find that as well, that it it keeps you a little bit more um, juiced up that you're actually going from one thought process and one uh, industry and sector to another, and and maybe jumping back and forth when when things might slow down or speed up.
1: That's really interesting that you say that. I do have some agency background as well, and um, I I'll say that as a CMO, I was never bored. You are jumping from <laughs> one project to another. It may be yeah. with uh, the same brand. Um, But certainly, as I mentioned, you know, you're wearing all of the marketing hats. So you're jumping from digital to paid to, um, you know, social to local store marketing to then all the executive level functions of, you know, helping helping move those big rock needles um, that you get assigned by your CEO. So I wouldn't say that it's a a solve for um, kind of a, a boredom or, you know not being fulfilled enough. So for me, it was uh, the way to make an impact on the brand. I find that as a fractional, I can walk in and really put a different perspective, a different set of eyes on something that the ownership or the executive team hasn't been able to pinpoint yet. And so that impact can become bigger versus if I'm on the team. Right, and I'm kind of in in the weeds with the executives, so it's it's almost you know being at giving an overview and having an impact versus being in the weeds.
0: Okay, so that's what's in it for the practitioner. Now let's come at it from the brand point of view, and um and I, and I'll throw out there in full transparency, I'm a fan of fractional C-suite folks, especially CMOs. I actually have a, a, a fractional CMO on my team. Uh, Ingrid Schneider, who I I think you know very well. And, um, you know, for me, it was just a very practical reason of of why it would help my agency to have uh, a fractional CMO come on and do all of the things that um, I don't have the time or resources to do myself. And I also certainly don't have the resources to go out and hire a full-time experienced CMO with, you know, 15 years of experience. So uh, having that fractional person come in, maybe with some different ideas of, of what I would have brought um, at a very practical level financially, that really seemed to work well for me. And it's working terrifically right now. So I get the um, I, I get the financial end of it and the practicality of it. What are some other things that um, make this a really attractive offer to a a franchise brand or any other kind of brand?
1: I think that you really nailed it, Jack. What I would say is that I see founders and owners hit a capacity wall with what they're able to bring to their own brand. Mm. And they identify that they cannot fill that capacity with a full-time hire because either the full-time hire they want to make is out, out of their price range or the full-time hire that they wanna make is not coming in at the level they need them to come in. And so you're you're seeing f- founders and owners identify, if I could get just my type of brain that has the executive level experience that can move as fast as I can at a fraction of the time and cost, that's going to be worth it because they'll be able to move as fast as I want them to move because they're already at my level. And so I think that's the big difference between brands trying to build up, specifically in marketing, build up an internal marketing team where they have a mid-level manager running things, but that mid-level manager still needs to be told what to do, and then that lands on the owner, and so it becomes this, um, uh, you know, the the capacity piece, and so if they they say, I'm going to take the mid-level manager out and instead, you know, add a part-time executive level you're getting, your increase in capacity is almost doubled because that person's able to move faster, direct the team in a more impactful way and your efficiencies improve and your strategy improves and your business improves because now that executive leader is at the table with you making decisions about your business. Whereas that mid-level manager may not have even been part of those conversations.
0: I hadn't really thought about that part of it where the fractional person can come in and actually be a coach for maybe the mid-level or, or the more entry-level marketing folks on the team who perhaps the the CEO or the owner just doesn't have the the time or capacity to um, help develop those people, but a fractional CMO could?
1: Yeah, you know, man- management, it, it, and as we, you know, kind of develop our own leadership skills, we, we find that management is a, a skill, and it's not a skill that everyone has. And when you are a CEO founder, you may not be, you are limited in the management bandwidth that you have. And so to bring on an experienced manager, in addition to a marketing expert, um, you're, you're, again, kind of getting a bang for your buck because now you don't have the burden of managing a team that you don't know how to manage because you're not a marketer.
0: Last question I had for you today is, how do you put yourself out there as a fractional CMO? Is that something that you put on LinkedIn? And now we're going to get really down into the weeds because <laughs> I, I love talking about what we do on LinkedIn. What do you put on LinkedIn? Do you put yourself out there as a fractional CMO? Do you put it out there as you're an independent consultant? Do you name the companies that you're doing fractional work for? And you know what are some of the the pluses and minuses of all of those things?
1: Well, I think, you know, right now in the, fran- specifically in the franchising industry, it's it's kind of a new phenomenon as we've been talking about. And so, um, you know, it's kind of a, what is, what is that person doing? I'm going to copy that. And I really like the way this person does this at, at, at this point. Um, but for me, you know, it's important to, uh, the title fractional CMO, I think um, that the way that I would define it is you're. Fractional is part time, so you're going to get me for a, a fraction of time. And mm. then CMO speaks to my experience. I have uh, chief experience, you know, chief C-level experience, and so that's why the CMO is in there. I have marketing, you know, 20 years of marketing experience, so that's where the marketing comes in. And and so it really quickly defines what I'm going to be able to bring to the table. You know, on the flip side, it is a a trending um, you know phenomena, and so I do see some non-executive level experienced marketers adding that title into their LinkedIn because it, you know, there is a demand. And so there, there will be that supply that fills it. But I think in the end, you'll find that, you know, best practices um, will evolve. uh, And once a brand decides to engage with someone that has fractional CMO in their title or in their resume, they'll find out quickly whether or not they're the right kind of fit for their brand. And if they're going to bring what they need to the table, because it it is all about fit, right? And really, Jack, that's another kind of plus on that fractional trend in, you know, you're getting someone um, not hired full-time, so you're not getting married to them. So if things aren't working out in the beginning, or if, hey, this has run its course and I'm ready for some new blood in here, that's a very easy relationship to say, Thanks so much. And now we're going to move on versus hiring someone full time and having, you know, to terminate them or to have them leave suddenly and unexpectedly. It, it, it creates some stability, I think, for the organization sometimes.
0: And can you go into an engagement? And maybe this is something that you work out with that owner CEO uh, ahead of time saying, we're really only going to do this for one year. And and then I expect you're going to hire someone full time or I'm going to move on and do, you know, some other work. Do you do you put sort of a of a time frame on some of these engagements so it isn't just a perpetual fractional thing, but it's more of a temporary than a permanent assignment?
1: Yeah. And, and that really depends on the client. The way I like to approach things is to start off with a short-term agreement. So let's work together for a couple of months. Let's see if this is working. If you like what I'm bringing to the table, if it's a good fit for me. And then from there, we can discuss what long-term looks like. I, in addition, you know, some of the clients that I work with, it's specifically short-term because I'm going to help them build their team. So as the, the CMO, I'm going to build out their strategy. I'm going to build out their brand. But once that's done, a mid-level manager can take the ball from here for a couple of years until you reach a certain size. And so I actively recruit to fill those positions um, internally, thus working myself out of a job, but that's, that's how the organization will be successful. And again, it's all about making people successful.
0: And especially with an emerging brand in the franchise space, that sounds like a really, really good option. So Catherine, thanks so much for joining us today and and shedding some light on this whole fractional idea. If anyone would like to chat with you a little bit more about what you can do, or maybe they've got some questions about what they want to do in the world of fractional C-suite, where can they find you?
1: Absolutely. My email is Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at Apollo. A P O L L O C M O dot com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn at Catherine LeBlanc.
0: Thank you so much. And we will chat with you again real soon.
1: Thanks for having me, Jack.
0: Hughes powers the networks that people and franchises everywhere depend on. your Your networking partner, call Carl Udler at 301-601-6427, or visit Hughes.com/slash franchise. Joining me now are Shannon Wilborn of Just Between Friends, Dave Wheeler, and Guy Myers of T Source talking about technology, franchising, and this thing called fractional services, which I'm just really into these days, and I wanna learn more. But before we get there, Shannon, it's been a while since you and I had a chance to chat. Give us an update on what you're doing now these days.
2: Yeah, thank you. And so thankful to get to be on. Uh, thanks for asking us, chat. Uh, So I had a company for 25 years called Just Between Friends, and we were a marketplace, we still are, a marketplace for families to buy and sell gently used children's and maternity clothes, toys, and baby equipment. Um, There's currently over 150 locations in 32 states, and um, I actually exited, I had a transaction at the end of 2022. And so I'm kind of finding my way now, and um, thankfully uh, the brand hired me to stay on for about three years in an advisory capacity. And uh, but the the new CEO is amazing. She doesn't need any advising really, just here and there. Um, she'll she'll ask me some questions. She's very smart and capable, um, very influential, and has high capacity. And she's doing a great job. So. Um, And I have also so I'm helping with just between friends and I have a another small business on the side that I do here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called Coal Creek Farm Jinx. We're basically an outdoor venue. um, And that's a little side thing that I have with my husband. Um, And then I just recently started an executive coaching business. And my core focus, of course, are franchisors, just because that's been my life for the last 20 to 25 years. And that's where I feel like I can add the most value. And it's called Shine Executive Coaching.
0: Excellent. We will check all of those out and have some links to some of those places in today's Thank show you. notes as well. Um, but I'm I'm glad you're uh you're you're still running at about 110%, it sounds like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh and and you brought a few friends with you uh today that I really wanted to learn more about too. Dave Wheeler and Guy Myers are with t Source. Dave, give us an overview of T-Source and how you're sort of fitting into the franchise industry.
3: Okay, well, T-Source, we created the T-Source brand in 2003. We had uh, a couple of other brands before that. And we were largely a large enterprise focused in the beginning, but more recently, and to be specific to why we're on call today, is it was around the need of the franchise industry and their specific IT needs Um, And how do we address those needs in a way that that, that fits their particular organization needs from a budget perspective, not just technology? So while we have this large enterprise background and experience, we um, saw a niche to bring that to the franchise world where they need it in smaller increments. And we really, our first foray was with Shannon at Just Between Friends where they had some specific needs to solve some fairly Significant problems from their perspective around CRM, point of sale, and tagging. Uh, but what what we bring to an organization is ability to manage technology, right? And that includes um, at a leadership level, how do you how do you organize an IT organization within to to serve that organization, as well as the uh, component technology pieces, right? Whether it be a specific Technical experience or uh, relationship, so at a high level, that's that's what we bring. But it's you know, if, if we look at our our typical script, if you will, it's consulting, it's managed IT services, and it's staffing. But specifically around the franchise world, it's uh, it's this fractional IT services um, that we are able to bring to solve uh, problems and help brands avoid technical debt.
0: Since Covid, I would assume the staffing issues have probably been um, sort of front and center for a lot of franchise brands. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I would say um, Covid brought an interesting dynamic to the to the marketplace. Um, it, it changed it considerably. I think things were moving towards a gig economy anyway. When you look at the the types of resources, uh, and that just accelerated it. We we find that. You know, it no longer mattered to a large degree where the resources were located. So in some ways, it made it easier to find the right resource for a specific need. Uh, but in other areas, it, it made it more difficult because all of a sudden people could get work anywhere. So there was a huge uh, transfer of their talents to different places. But I, I think all in all, at this point, coming out of COVID, it's a positive. Right. some companies are moving towards getting people face to face but we uh, from our standpoint we got introduced to a whole new um, aspect of our talent search uh, that I think overall improved it
0: now Shannon, I want to bring you back into the conversation on working with T-Source and how that came about I would assume you had some some fires you wanted to put out with just between friends or maybe some some new things you wanted to get into. What was it that made you think about outsourcing to a group like this versus hiring internal and 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 having somebody full time on staff doing all of the things that uh, that you ended up working with Dave and and Guy on?
2: It's funny you mentioned fires because it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> we, it was our technology. Um, you know they they say that leaders get their companies to a certain level and then they need to bring on help we were way past that Um, i should have brought on help a long time ago and i you know we had someone in a technology seat that um honestly she did a, a good job but we kept elevating her higher and higher as our needs change and i think that it was, she has great skills, uh, but just we needed a higher level leader to come in and kind of provide strategy and um, really be an, an arm. I, I, honestly, we could not have done it without T Source. I feel like, I mean, I could go into the whole story, but we had a two year span of some bad decisions that were made by me and some contracts that were signed and uh, we were kind of in um, a really, really bad place. Um, Some technology that we had was coming end of life, and we had no path forward, and it was really scary. Um, In the history of my business career, I think I slept um, very poorly for a full year because this, um, and I know some people are probably laughing in the background because they've either been there or they don't know what I'm talking about. I hope you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, but that's where I was. I was just in a place of what do I do? And Jack, from a resources standpoint, we did not feel like we could bring on a CTO because we thought, well, they're gonna, you know, want two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand yeah. dollars salary. We don't. I mean, this is what we have to deal with. This is. We have to figure out a way out, but we don't know how. And um, so, but we knew we needed help. So we started looking and um, we had someone come in and do um, uh, an assessment of our company and kind of say, hey, this could be a path forward, but you need to bring in a lot of people. It's going to cost millions of dollars and um, you better ante up. And um but thankfully, in this process, I had had many conversations with many high-level thinkers, great network networkers and connectors within the franchising space, specifically in technology. I was getting to know the tech folks in, um, in the franchising space. And one of them, um, I think, had pity on me and said, Shannon, I want to help you. And um, and so I could call her and talk through kind of some strategies and what I was thinking. And she is who introduced me to T Source. So um, when I had the first call with T Source, knowing that they weren't really in the franchising space, honestly, that was a little bit scary for me because I kind of prided myself that we only choose people who are in the franchising space because. That's it's it's known. I don't have to yeah. teach franchising. Yeah, and um, but Dave and Guy were willing to have a conversation with me where I think I cried on the first <laughs> on the first, <laughs> first first probably few calls. I probably cried just because of the honestly the trauma that I felt like I had been through the that year previous, and um, they were encouraging. They listened to all of my technology problems and honestly, the, the position I had put the company in, the franchise owners were also feeling it and they said, we think we can help. And so we put together, um, some initial, they did an initial kind of same type of assessment. And, and I, and I joke because, because of the trauma that I've had in the past with some other people, with some other vendors, I uh, I said, well, we need to date before we get married. So I, I would introduce their team to some of our folks as now we're dating. We don't know that we're getting married. So <laughs> we have think a 90 day dating period um, and they put together deliverables and met those deliverables. And then we decided to make it um, kind of a longer term commitment. And I, I, cannot shout from the rooftops how much this company means to my company well it's not my company anymore but means to our franchisees and it it was a game changer for us just in the knowledge level and expertise um guy came on as kind of our outsourced CTO VP of technology whatever whatever we want to call him and he sits on our um our executive team meetings, Um, he's part of the team. He's on our accountability chart and he brings that just heightened level of expertise. And honestly, I could go on and on and on, but we've had needs along the way where Dave at T-Source they they act as our staffing agency so i don't have to go look for a systems administrator i don't have to go look for a project manager i just guy will say hey shannon we could get from here to here in this amount of time if we had this person for this amount of time and then they go do the hiring they fill the position for whatever needs to happen on our project Long-term goals, short-term goals. It has been wonderful.
0: I really like that idea of it's it's not quite marriage, but it's also not quite casual dating like you would have if you were just outsourcing transactionally to some service, yes. right? Yes. But it's somebody who's who's really got skin in the game. And let's talk to the guy who's got some skin in the game. Guy, you are um, the VP of technology for Just Between Friends, but you're also the director of services at T Source. What's that like, sort of? riding that line between really working, not quite full-time, but maybe full-time for a client at times, but still, you know, having this other business that you're responsible for, does it turn into a, um, does it turn into a time management issue or, or have you worked that out pretty well?
4: You know, I will tell you this, Jack, in in the very beginning, it was a, a bit of a struggle for me, um, but but I've, I've certainly managed to get to get past that uh, over a little bit of time. It really was just uh, how, how well can you manage your time? I'll typically block my calendars off where half of my day says JBF and and the other half of my day says uh, T source. And if I have to accommodate meetings in between, it's usually not that big a deal to do it. Yeah. But yeah, that, it's a little bit of work, but um, once you get there, you're pretty comfortable at it. I feel pretty fortunate, like. I love the idea that I can help JBF out and and do it in a part time way, right? I don't have to I don't have to spend my entire week just focused on those guys. Uh, we can get through it and get them what they need in the time that I'm allotted to do it in.
0: Yeah, I think the real attraction there for me, and and I'm somebody who I've got a chief marketing officer who's fractional for me, and um, so many of our other friends in franchising have gone down this road of bringing on fractional talent because maybe they couldn't afford someone in a full-time position with the level of skills and expertise guy that you have. Um, but it's better to have that even on a fractional level than to, you know, get someone who's, um, you know, much more new to the industry and might not have have um, uh, seen all of the things and gained all of the experience that you got. Are you seeing that guy with, with the work that you're doing for JBF or, or maybe some other brands out there that you're, you're, you know, filling more of a high level role, but not, um, but not at a high level
4: cost. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there is, there's a team of folks that, that are part of the JBF team that's in the technology world as well. Um, I, I basically try to focus on sort of that, the direction that we're going in and how we're going to get there. And then I coordinate the team to to do most of the execution. Now, I'll certainly wear multiple hats. right? sometimes I'll play, I'll play the chief architect, or I'll play the systems architect role. Um, so we'll we'll spread it out where we can, but we'll still keep it within those frame. that we agree we're going to keep it.
0: It seems like this fractional wave is really hitting franchises right now. Um, does anybody have any thoughts on why that's become such a popular trend?
4: Yeah, so I think there's two There's there's two things to it, right? Because it's not all just tied to cost. though. I, I'm sure everyone wants to save money wherever they can. But in some cases, your business doesn't necessarily need a full-time VP of technology. You can get what you need and get things accomplished if you do it in half the amount of time. So sometimes it's just right sizing, right? This is really what you need. You need someone that's gonna set this direction and spend 20 hours a week doing it, not 40.
2: I also want to talk about that fractional question. Um, We've had a fractional CFO Hmm. uh, since 2018. So that was kind of our first toe in the water of the fractional work. And um, that has also worked out really well for us. Um, He also sits on our executive team meetings and does an excellent job uh, because exactly what Guy said about not needing someone necessarily full-time it's, but you can get that higher level. I think when you have a higher level Person on your team, you're not making some of the maybe elementary mistakes that uh, you make. So I, I mean, I would 100% suggest that we're kind of right now about to look into fractional CFOs. So hmm. I got names last week. I have some meetings scheduled uh, just to make some introductions. So, so that's really fun to think about.
0: So you, you all are trendsetters when it comes to the fractional work, uh, especially in the technology side. Shannon, anything else happening in franchising these days that you're watching as, as maybe a trend that uh, that you're advising some of your friends to watch as well?
2: You know, I've been sitting out of the day-to-day for five months, so I don't know that I have the most up-to-date information, but I think a continued trend that we've seen over the last several years is the um, kind of the growth of the platform companies and hmm. Um, So all these holding companies that bring on smaller brands underneath them um, to uh, to just be a part of one entity. I I love that. Um, I think it provides camaraderie, it provides community and um, they can make a bigger impact and leverage services so that I think we'll continue to see that um, happening.
0: Dave, is that a trend that uh, you guys at T-Source are are seeing as well and working with any platform brands with multiple brands underneath?
3: Yeah, we're definitely seeing that, you know, big private equity space and the acquisitions of the brands. Uh, We are actually talking to several of them now about our services to help them out. Um, And uh, yeah, so that's definitely a trend. One other thing I wanted to add in though, that that I think is important to the conversation speaks to values, right? And that's, it's it's the technology, it's it's the ability to bring talent fractionally that you wouldn't be able to get, right? If you were trying to go out and hire a full-time CTO, right? Same on the CFO, right? The, the dollars those people are getting is going up every year and to be able to get that talent, uh, fraction allows you to get access to those skills that you might not be able to get. But the other piece getting back to values is one of the things that really struck me with our relationship with JBF and now with the other brands that we're working with is how they really, um, their values are so in line with ours. Our ability to deliver the right level of service that they need and not try and sell them more, right? Uh, and their gratitude for those, for the, our ability to do that it's something that we didn't necessarily see with our large enterprise customers. And I'm not being critical of our large enterprise customers. They're big businesses. They have a lot of different people in different seats. But when you're dealing with people that actually have their house on the line, right, uh, mortgaged for their the loans that are supporting their business, uh, it takes a different um, perspective, right? And so you have to we have to value that, and that's important to us, and we understand that. And, and they value the fact that we feel like a team member and we're looking out for those concerns.
2: I, I want to 100% back up what he just said, um, because we, I think part of, because of the past uh, mistakes that I had made, I, we had brought on vendors that we were not aligned culturally with, and um, it wreaked havoc in our system. And so one of the things that I did was sit down and write out, okay, what are the characteristics of a good vendor partner a good supplier partner and one of the things I said was I want to invite them home for dinner to meet my family love that and the T source guys are that's who they are they're real they want to work hard for you um, T source gals gals and guys um and and it's it's been a great relationship.
4: Yeah, just to, just to, to pile on, right? At, at, at no point in time did I ever feel like a contractor for JBF, right? I've, and, and I think it's it's critical to the success of those positions that you feel embraced like a member of the team. And I think I've told them that a hundred times. I'm like, I get treated just like I'm a part of the team. I feel like I'm part of the team because I am just part of the team. We hold
2: them accountable, like part of the team. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, but you know what? I think that's part of the culture that uh, Shannon, you built over over time. You're not going to have somebody on the team that doesn't feel like part of the team. Right. Dave, we're going to close it out with you. If somebody wants to have you or one of your folks as part of their team, what's the best way to reach you and have that conversation?
3: Well, you can go to our website at tsourceit, t-s-o-u-r-c-e-i-t.com. Uh, from there, you can definitely reach us. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the best way to get hold of us.
0: Excellent. Thanks everybody for your time today. And we will see you all very soon down the road. Before we go, a quick word from Answer Connect. Everyone has a phone, but not everyone is answering the phone correctly. When you spend marketing dollars to grow your business, you cannot afford to miss any calls or answer the phone with, hey. Answer Connect is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to support new business, current clients, or urgent calls, and they send messages to you immediately. They integrate with many of today's popular CRMs, taking advantage of technology and taking one more thing off your to-do list. In addition to taking calls, they set appointments, follow up on potential clients via form-filled inquiries, and make outbound calls for reinvigoration campaigns. Let Answer Connect work in your business so you can work on your business. Call Answer Connect at 800-584-0234. That's 800-584-0234. Or visit AnswerConnect.com slash franchise. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is The Social Geek Radio Network.